question the question we really have to ask is did a midget just put us in a hummer yeah exactly you did you're <laughs> reading for sure yep <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he did, didn't he? Mm-hmm. And we both read the book. We talked a little bit yeah. about it. Yeah. Well, yeah, we I did. mean, Aaron's been a server. Um, you know, he did service industry. I've, uh, I've, yeah, I've, well, yeah. Started out, started out Domino's Pizza, and then, mm-hmm. uh, then I was a barback, a bartender, a busboy when there was no barback stuff to do, <laughs> a waiter. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm glad I don't do that anymore, but. <laughs> Right. Yeah, it gets still, exhausting. <laughs> I think I made more. I made more money as a barback with uh, with a good female bartender working than I would working my own shift. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. <laughs> you split tips. Yeah, they tip you out. You get like a percentage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and um, yeah, yeah that I like what you said about a m- morning opening up a bar is the most depressing thing in the world. <laughs> Unless it's like, a, unless it's a restaurant too, that's like, you know, already cleaned up and somehow ready to go. Yeah. yeah. It's disgusting. Yeah. It's well, because disgusting. You the night you're supposed to clean. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, you can never clean it good enough, you know, especially if yeah. it's a busy bar on a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter like how many times you mop the floor, your feet still stick. You know what I mean? It's just like people were yes. throwing up in the corner last night and now we're supposed to have brunch here. Like what's happening? It's yeah. disgusting. You know what I mean? That's just last night, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. A Monday. The, the things I've seen, people are like, oh, you should try being a nurse. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I know exactly what they're going through. I've seen yeah. every bodily fluid imaginable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, mm-hmm. why, don't we get, why don't we get started? Okay. Um, Hello, listeners. Thank you for joining us again on Yeah, Aha uh-huh with Lisa. And Phil. And, of course, our co-host, Erin. This week, we're talking to Tanya Fritch, who, um, she's written a book about being a server. It's called Just Just the Tip. Welcome, Tanya. It's it's been great. It's great to have you. It's a a circuitous route we took to get here, but here we are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Ironically, your professional server, Lisa and I are kind of semi-pro diners. (laughs) We dine frequently enough to qualify I, as semi-pro. I think, I, think. I, I think we know some pros, though. Yeah. We we know at least one couple who do not cook, yeah. and they have a child, and they eat out every single night. I've never, I ver- rarely ever eat out. I'm vegan, and it's a hassle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's just easier at home, usually, and safer nowadays. Mm, yeah. Well, I'm gluten-free as of this year because apparently COVID gave me celiac disease. Oh, no. So I went, you know, 34 years with eating anything I wanted to do. Don't touch a pretzel or you'll be in the emergency room. Yeah, I heard it's painful. It is. I thought I had stomach cancer, to be honest Mm. with you. I went to the emergency room and I was like, something's Mm. wrong. You're feeling better now? It's Oh, yeah. I haven't had any issues ever since I went gluten-free, so it's worth it Excellent. for sure. Yeah. Well, um, you can uh, you can source keto products because keto products are gluten-free. Just make sure they don't give you the wheat version. Other than that, okay. there is wheat flour in it, but it's in some of them, but it's gluten-free. But it'll say, you know, if it's gluten-free or not. So Lisa and I both mm-hmm. just come off Omicron just mm-hmm. like within the last couple of weeks. Yeah. So, 
Aaron seemed to understand what celiac disease is, but do you mind just for Giving information up. purposes, you know, for our listeners, mm-hmm. you know, what, what kind yeah, of Yeah. So I, I, I joke that COVID gave me celiac, but I really do think it did. Um, I had the original form of COVID back in 2020. So as You're soon as, you know, yeah, I had it on my birthday and everything. I was like, it was actually, you know what it was? All the bars had shut down for six months. And the literally the first weekend we opened up, I went to my bar shift two days later, had COVID. I was like, oh my gosh, you know? Yeah. And so I was out for like 14 days after that. I didn't have it too bad, but I definitely, I felt like I had mono. I mean, I don't think I was back to my full energy for a month. It just felt like I was going upstairs was windy me. Um, but you know, nothing else. So I can't really complain, yeah. but I've not had COVID, but I have had mono. <laughs> well, that's what it felt like to me. I just felt super like content, just staying still, which is not like me. And I was just like, I mean, I literally sat in my room for 14 days cause I had a roommate and I didn't want to get her sick. So I was just literally chilling and Your I was didn't get it. She never got it. No, she still hasn't had it. That girl is, I don't know. She has an immune system to die for, I guess. I haven't had it yet, but I don't, I don't go many places. Oh, Trader Joe's in the weed store. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He goes, is she O positive? Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. I mean, I go everywhere. So honestly, I can't believe I haven't had it so many times. Just working at the bar, I'm around like 300 people a night. I definitely probably still travel way more than I should. So I'm lucky that I only had it that one time so far, at least that I know of. Um, But yeah, Yeah. after that, my stomach started getting really like upset when I was eating things. And basically, celiac is an intolerance to wheat. So when you eat something like a cracker, or, you know, even like one pretzel, your stomach literally can't digest it. So it blows up like a balloon. I mean, you literally look like you're like six months pregnant. Instantly, it's very quick. Yeah, and it's just expanding, and you can't do anything about it. It's super painful. There's really no relief for it until your body tries to digest it. But even then, it doesn't really do it. You know, like you're just walking around feeling awful. And I say I think COVID gave it to me because apparently, like my doctor said that, you know, uh, viruses can bring out autoimmune diseases in you. So like maybe I was born with it and it just never came full circle. But yeah. months later, my twin brother got COVID and we live in opposite parts of the world. I mean, he's over in like Dubai and he wow. calls my dad and he's like, you won't believe this. I just got diagnosed with celiac disease. <laughs> Same, you know, year as me. And my no, dad's like, yeah, that's, yeah, it has to be genetic. We both had to have been born with it. And then just. It was, it was dormant and then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Post-COVID, some inflammation or something. I've, I've heard it can trigger Bell's palsy too. Oh, my brother. Yeah, he had drop foot after yeah, yeah. that where he couldn't Ooh. even use his foot. So oh, it, it does yeah. some weird things to you. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm sorry you had to go through that. I mean, that's... Uh... See, I'm I'm actually allergic to the the husk part of the wheat. So I can eat pasteurized processed wheat that's unhealthy for you, but I literally can't eat the quote-unquote healthy fibrous part. Yeah. I, oh. My... When they did the allergy testing on my arm, it just went whoosh. Yeah. So, and that, so I kind of have, I just, it's easier to tell it people. Maybe outgoing email sound. Say, well, I can eat regular bread, but not whole wheat bread. But then I'm always tempted. There's a, there's this honey wheat at uh, Longhorn that I, oh my God, it's so good. 
And it's so tempting to eat that. And I eat like two bites of it and I feel sick for two days. Nothing like what you have. Yeah. Thank goodness. You got Mine's just an allergy. I don't think you have but uh, Lisa Phony, what is that? That's where you can't oh, stand anything I like to listen to. I hate <laughs> the name of that. No, I can listen uh, well, to a lot okay. of things you so, like to Katie Chinakis came on and she uh-huh. was talking about a condition where certain sounds air- irritate you. Yeah, they, they like yeah. actually. So the like, running joke is yeah. everything I like to listen to, like any kind of music or anything like yeah. that. She got Lisaphonia. It's like yeah. turn it down, you know. So. Well, for me, it's uh, it's like individual instrumentals, uh, and uh, and like food sounds. Yeah, like yeah, she can't stand the sound of me eating. That's well, no, not just <laughs> yes, but you're doing this. Well, I don't. I'm making an effort not to. I don't. <laughs> I mean, are you annoyed already? Is that ASMR? Is that what they call? <laughs> maybe, maybe yeah, I don't know. Like, I just it's like he didn't used to do that, yeah. and he says that he's doing it because of Bill up had, to the microphone and go. Yeah, <laughs> he had like a tooth Quietly. problem for a while. Yeah. But, yeah, well, yeah, my, my yeah. Uh, the sides of my mouth are with age. They are definitely you know phonetically, it's more difficult for me to speak and things like that than mm-hmm. it's ever been. Yeah. Anyway, Aaron yeah. and I both read the book. I think. Yeah, I read, read most a good portion of the book. Of the book. Uh, was, I uh, I had something else going on with work and everything, yeah. so I wasn't reading as much. But uh, the stories in it project. were very uh, engaging. Amusing, engaging. Yeah. yeah. Um, relatable. Yeah, relatable. Yeah. My I was sister- probably done serving before you were born, but it's it hasn't changed much other than cell phones exist now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, uh, mm-hmm. the, the story about... Uh, the uh, wife that got jealous uh, or seemed to get jealous when you were waiting on her table, you know, that kind of resonated. My sister was mm-hmm. a waitress and she would come on with stories like that and stuff. Like, and uh, and I'm like, honey, go ahead and flirt, but I'm in charge of the tip. Right. What you do, scratched out your tip? Well, yeah. So that's the crazy thing is like, I never flirted with the guys because I knew the woman was going to be putting my tip in. So right. I'm more so made friends with her. And what I did with this table as well. And I didn't want, I don't ever want to make anybody feel uncomfortable. Like I'm just, I'm just at my job. Like I didn't, you know, I didn't come over to your house to flirt with your husband. Like you guys came to see me. Like I'm sorry that I am employed here, but, um, stoked to be bringing you soup right now. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it was just, you could tell she was in a really bad mood. I don't know if they had been fighting, you know, I never know what people are going for through before they get to the restaurant but she was just really not pleasant the whole time so I had a feeling it was going to be like you know that kind of customer but right yeah it was just really odd that she told my manager that basically I was like flirting with her husband and more so that honestly she was offended by my boobs um which I told her you know I had nothing to do with like genetic issues um (laughs) no more than the celiac disease yeah yeah something you 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 know yeah Mm -mm. Right. Well, the crazy thing is, is we didn't wear sexy outfits at this place. We wore t-shirts and black shorts. So that was even the more th- weird thing was like, you know what I mean? It wasn't like this yeah, like sex a kit. TGI bar. Fridays or something. Yeah, the that's yeah, I work where the, uh, the owner, I worked in the kitchen, but I still had to wear the same outfit as the servers. And um, for some reason, all of us, the shorts, the shirts were just a little bit too small. They're always so small. And it's like that spandex material. Mm-hmm. So uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. So that's probably something that um, recurred mm-hmm. occasionally, stuff like that. 
Yeah. Um, uh, when Lisa, when Lisa and I were first married, I want to, I want to talk about, um, some of the, uh, less desirable diners that you get when you're in the service business, because mm-hmm. at one, when Lisa and I were first married, I was an inexperienced amateur diner. At that yes, time. very much so. And, and I got a, uh, mm-hmm. uh, a red lobster gift card. It was like one. It was like our first date. That was our. Uh, that was a. That was actually our first wedding gift. Yeah. What year yeah. would that have been? Ninety four. Not well. Ninety three. It was. It was the night before we got married. It was Christmas. Yeah. It was New Year's Eve. <laughs> so we went. Uh, yeah. I think we went and got like an entree and a salad. So that no, the, we got. We, we ended up. It was yeah. It was more. The money was too much. Yeah. I mean, we we over ordered, and I did not realize he had extra money. He didn't have any extra cash, so the tip was really small. Well, yeah, that's what I had in my pocket, right? Yeah, but I didn't think much of it because right. I didn't. Uh-huh. I'd always been the kid tagging along. Mm-hmm. Mom and dad had paid for it, and they never. And then, but Lisa caught that, and it was our first fight. Yeah. <laughs> because mm-hmm. her mom had been a server. My mom was a server and, my whole life. She yeah. was a bartender, a server, uh manager. She did cater waiting. Um, my dad was a manager at a uh he did wait tables as a teenager, and then also he was manager at restaurants, a couple of them, and of course he did bartending. Um, I mean he ended up being a lifelong letter carrier, but he also did work in the service industry as a second job sometimes. So we were kind of your first, your worst nightmare. Yeah. I, I, I remember that from night. the book you talk about people coming with coupons, younger people, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Groupon this- didn't exist when I served either. Yeah. It was awful. But the the entertainment books did. And and I always knew to tip based on the amount it should have been. But a lot of people, yeah. So what are some more? I I remember I used to, after after meals with my dad, when we'd go out, I'd wait until he he turned around and then I'd have to leave more money on the table. (laughs) No, a dollar and a penny's a good tip. No, dad. It was a Mm -hmm. good tip in the 50s, maybe, when he... Right. Yeah, and and, um, and a lot of people don't realize that there's a server minimum, which is not the same as minimum wage. So even what are some other so, examples of when you see them yeah. walking through the door, you know this is not you know they're sitting down at my table and they can't get out of here fast enough because I know this is not going to work out. He's allergic to children. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It all depends. Like, obviously, the more I did it, you know, I could definitely read people when they started walking through the door, just because I had seen so many people at that point. But yeah, I would say, you know, obviously, teenagers, if you're serving them, it's going to be a little bit more difficult because, a, to your point, they don't know to tip, and they've never probably really been out on their own. They don't have to pay their own bills, so for them, they don't understand that. You know, that's like a standard uh, thing to do. So, you know, that's always like a table. You kind of like two 16 year olds, you're like, here's your food. But I mean, you know, I'm not going to be spending too much time here. Um, and then I would say, honestly, I'll, I'll take a less tip too. If the table is nice, when you're rude and you don't tip it, oh my God, boils me. Usually yeah. the neediest people are the ones that tip. Actually, if, if you're rude and you do tip, it still kind of boils. Oh, it still sucks. I'm like, take like, oh, you, you bought that behavior. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't try to buy this off. No. Yeah. Um, so true. But yeah, I mean, I've had so many tables. My biggest pet peeve when I was serving was when I would walk up to a table and the whole table, like an eight top would ignore me. Like, hey guys, how are you doing today? Yeah. Nothing. They just go on with their conversation. Like, yeah, uh, like I don't even goes. exist. 
But okay, I'm gonna got, I'm gonna but, go fold napkins like a douche. Oh yeah, but walk away for five seconds, and then they haven't seen their server yet. You know, then they oh, go to the manager. Exactly. We haven't seen our server. It's yep. so crazy to me. I'm like, I was just yeah. standing. So you have to walk to the manager first and say they're ignoring me. Uh, <laughs> they won't give me a drink order. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, the customer's not always right. No. And, and, and more and more, it but, seems like when I was a yeah. kid, it was always that was the you know that was the well, motto, that is still like, the motto, but it's not always true. It wasn't always more, true. More and more people, you know, managers yeah. starting to realize, hey, this is there's more balance. You've here. got you've got racial stereotypes. You've got youth versus like I've heard that uh, that uh, heavy women don't tip well, and I'm mm. like, well, I do, but <laughs> you know, yeah, never heard of that. Things that are probably not true, you know, but yeah. Um, but the I do want I I will say one thing college basketball players you couldn't be more correct uh, <laughs> I don't want to call course. anybody out anybody with a 14 year NBA career or anything that may have <laughs> paid me with a paper bag full of pennies for a pizza and shorted me three dollars and change on it but <laughs> but Tyrone Hill I know you're out there and I forgive you. <laughs> but you know when it but you know they're not making any money being a college basketball player so you know no you they're not but they're also extra- they also don't have enough money to order a pizza exactly i'm always that was the biggest excuse i would get is well i don't have enough money i'm like then why are you here then right. you should have chose yeah. to stay home tonight i'm yeah. sorry we like, told you on the phone, the phone what the price was or, or a bag of loose pennies it's like a paper bag like um, like you get no like you get uh wrapped around a quart of beer kind of paper that size a sleeve yeah, <laughs> yeah it's you know about six seven hundred pennies in there mm. that's insane yeah that's ridiculous mm-hmm. or sometimes like if someone you know they're getting like two dollars back this is when I started being in the industry for a while and I was kind of just over it to be honest with you at certain points um mm-hmm. if they were like you know their bill was like a hundred bucks and they gave you. 105 and they're like can we get change i'd be like yeah and i literally would give you five dollars worth of pennies on your table and say have a good day Mm -hmm. like i'm like i'm like no you're not degrading my service like that you know bye have fun with your pennies (laughs) two rolls of nickels and two rolls of pennies here you go i had one lady complain to the manager and say i couldn't do that and i'm like it's money i i definitely can do that um (laughs) yeah yeah pennies are money i've paid entire bills with pennies because they annoyed me (laughs) <laughs> yeah uh, i think it's the biggest one was uh 78 dollars. let me ask you this well the yeah oh go ahead go ahead i was just gonna say the best non-tipping story i had though was like six people they came in they all ordered things they barely covered their bill um they actually said that they thought i had stole one of the girl's purses because she had like left it in the bathroom and it wasn't there anymore and I'm thinking, like, why would I steal your purse? Like, you can't even pay your bill right now. I, I know you don't have any money. I mean, that would be very pointless. But also, like, st- stop worrying about the purse and just pay me. It's the, it's the fine workmanship, paying. the stitching on that handbag. Uh-huh. Well, the handbag was probably worth more than what they could afford at the table. <laughs> I should have took the purse. Um, I had no idea where the purse was. But she, um, they got up, and they were so rude that they threw the rest of the money at me. And just like dollar bills, just like going down my body. And I was like, okay. And I didn't say anything. Well, long and behold, there was a undercover cop at the bar who had witnessed the whole thing. He was like in a hoodie and a beanie, didn't look like a cop at all, pulls out his badge from his thing. And he says, you guys need to tip her. And they're like, it's not a law to tip her. 
And he's like, no, it's not. But I saw the alcohol that you guys consumed tonight. And let me watch you get into your car right now. I'll arrest you right on the spot. And they were all like, what? Like, <laughs> just their looks on their faces. I was yeah. like, thank you so much. You did not have to do that. Um, he was like, no, I did. They were. Was, was he randomly there or did you happen to did know? They, did they did actually have tipping you? I mean. Yeah, they, t- they tipped me and I had no idea he was there. I thought he was just the guy sitting at the bar. Yeah. I don't know why he was there, to be honest. He was with another guy. They were just undercover cops. So I was like, okay. They were, they, you know, uh, cops do eat out. Right. Yeah. It could have had nothing to do with being a policeman. They were just there eating. That's true. Maybe they were there also to see, like, if the bartenders were going to serve any underage people, you know, who knows? That's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, why don't we go ahead and take a break right here for our sponsor? And then when we come back, we'll Mm -hmm. talk with Tanya Fritch a little bit more from Just the Tip. Or mm-hmm. that's the name of her book. Just yeah. Tip. Yeah. All right. Well, well, we're back with Tanya <laughs> Fritsch, uh-huh. author of Just the Tip, which mm-hmm. is a very provocative title. Very cool double entendre there. Um, so I, I thought we might talk a little What's bit. What's the about- subtitle? What's the rest after the colon? Right, right. The ins um, and outs. Yep. The ins and outs of the industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it, we need to devote a little bit of time to talk about the writing process. Like, uh, did, did you always want to be a, a writer or, I mean, most, mm-hmm. you know, or yeah. How, yeah. Fire there? Um, yeah. I mean, I always liked reading and writing. So I was that kid in my room where my parents were like, what are you doing in there all night? And like, I was literally reading a book, like so boring. <laughs> um, but I love to write too. And it just came natural to me. And I, you know, like an English class was one of my favorite classes when we write essays or poems. And I kept a journal and I kept a poetry book that I wrote in. So I just loved it, you know, pretty much my whole life. And when I was serving at a Friday's, actually, um, I had mm-hmm. been there for like two years and I was working one of those boring day shifts where you have nothing to do but watch paint dry. And I was like, you know, I was at this phase. I was like, what am I doing with my life? Like this was supposed to be a high school summer job. I've been here for two years now. I'm not at the high school age anymore. And I was just like freaking out a little bit, like this can't be it kind of thing. And I was like, well, how can I make this time matter? Because by this point, I had been in the industry for like four or five years, four years, I guess. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, I think four years. Um, But uh, I was like, yeah. And I was just like, you know, like I should just start writing down these stories because so many crazy things have happened. If I'm going to write about anything, like this is the one thing I have the most experience in. So I just honestly took my serving pad and anytime anybody would do something, I wrote it down. I mean, my whole first book is literally in a spiral notebook that I wrote in by hand. Mm. And then I transferred it all to the computer and pieced it together. Uh, But it was it was pretty crazy. It just literally flowed out so naturally. I mean, I didn't have to think about any of the chapters. They just that's how I you know wrote it on paper to. Uh, the computer. I never had like that writer's block with it or anything. And I was like, all right. I feel like that was a project that was supposed to come out because, you know, I just had that creativity at that moment. Cause right, right now, like I, if I sat down right now to write like my second book, I'm not there right now, if that makes sense, like creatively. Okay. So you need more stories. I have so many stories. You just have to like really be in the mindset, I guess you know, to write it in a funny way or, or you have to be in the right mood yourself or you're not really, you know, I write what I think. It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, my sister, uh, 
uh, served uh, O.J. Simpson one time. And wow. My uh, nephew is a chef, and he uh, in Iowa, so he mm-hmm. worked at a hotel that, that a lot of politicians attended for the Iowa caucus. And he had a he had a moment to stop and chat with with President Biden in the bathroom before he was president. So I'm wondering, okay. In the service mm-hmm. industry, you're you're kind of apt to run into uh, people, prominence, and celebrities. celebrities. So, like, who's the best? Uh, who's the biggest celebrity you ever served? Hmm. Or the most interesting celebrity story? It's primarily in North Carolina, right? Raleigh. Yeah, we get a lot of comedians that come through. So, like oh, yeah. downtown, you know. So my sister um, was a cocktail waitress at the Funny Bone back in oh, the day. Yeah, we were like right around the street. We call it Good Nights Comedy here. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a funny bone. Yeah, it's a but, comedy um, Yeah, um, I mean, like Josh, I don't know if y'all know, Josh Wolf came through. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve-O, or Steve-O from Jackass. Oh, the Jackass. I, I yeah. didn't wait on him. Someone else did, but he was there. I heard he, he was, was like really. Yeah, right. no, I heard he was really nice, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Sure he yeah, I heard he's a really nice guy. He's just kind of, you know, yeah. out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, and then we had one comedian come through, and I forgot his name right now. I actually did wait on him, but two days later, I think he committed suicide, which was pretty sad. Oh, and wow. I was like, "That's wow!" wow. Greg so Giraldo, funny. maybe. Oh, yes, yeah, so it was. Yeah, That's sad. Yeah. Greg Giraldo, the guy oh, from uh, okay. uh, the Celebrity Roasts. Oh. Yeah, yeah, he he was one of the main writers of the roasts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah wow. so I thought that was pretty shocking. He was super nice yeah. too. So. Yeah. yeah, I would say we get a lot of comedians. Nobody yeah. like, you know, that stands out to me like, wow, I waited yeah. on Barack he, Obama. You know, he right was an, I think he was an accidental overdose. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Accidental overdose. Okay. Well, that makes, yeah, more, sense. I, that makes more sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, OJ Simpson, uh, true to his uh, reputation, was a terrible dine or guest or whatever. <laughs> also, he have, hit on She us. did not have good things to say about him. But, mm-hmm. Oh, really? Um, yes. She's a she was a cute, slightly busty blonde, and he hit on her. Yeah, yeah. But um, I know that. Did he tip good? Right. What was his tip? You know, I don't Don't know. I'd have to get her back on. I'm trying to get her back on because when she was on, uh, you know, she was she was a good guest. She was engaging. Yeah, she she would have a hundred waitress stories. Funny, like the seventies. Yeah. Right. She's got lots of stories about and when she was 18, she got on a bus to California. Um, instead of coming straight home from that trip, she she ended up working on a tramp steamer. She did that. You know, she did fruit picking. Uh, where, drove a semi truck. Yeah, she drove a semi truck wow. for a few years. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's Big had a very this. interesting life. Well, she doesn't want to come back on, though, for whatever reason. No, she doesn't think she's that interesting. And I'm like, uh, I'm sorry, you completely upended your life to go elsewhere. You traveled the country during the, the actual hate Ashbury hippie generation. Right. Um, you worked all of these weird, interesting temp jobs. Um, you, uh, you raised two kids basically yeah. by yourself. I mean, you know, and, and she's <laughs> raised two amazing creative kids. Troy's a, a, he's a model. He's a chef. Um, Amanda as um, an artist, psychologist, and um, 
uh, with a master's degree. I think she got her master's degree. Yeah. Um, she's a so we'll, master's in psychology. We'll play this all back for Terry to uh, woo her back. How's that? Yeah, yeah right. right, right. And, um, and she's also a fashion designer who's shown in Paris. Well, the thing is, these wow. are the people she made. Yeah. And I mean, also, Terry is an accomplished artist and has taught art at the college level. Even though she doesn't have a degree, she's been an art professor. We wanted to do an episode mm-hmm. on Janis Joplin. I, yeah. I wanted her to come on because she, she actually, actually was at an event with Janis Joplin was there. And she said, well, what would I have to say? And I'm like, well, Aaron, you were there. And I you witnessed history. Was at this event. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, she was actually here when the Beatles uh, 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 landed. She actually, she was like 13 years old and she got to go to the airport and see them land. Wow. Yeah. I mean, she's done some cool stuff. Right. But I remember yeah. from the book that you, you tried a couple other things, but you kept coming back to service industry. And I think you're, you're yeah. a bartender now. You're not a, a food server, but yeah. Flight attendant didn't quite work out for you. Yeah. No. <laughs> well, at the time I had a fear of flying. So it was a bad choice to begin with. And I knew I had a fear of flying, but I went for it anyways. And then I got the job and then I freaked out when I actually realized I had to get on a flight to do the job. And I remember I totally thought they were going to call me out because we had to do a test flight and you had to have had to, you had to have flown before or you wouldn't get the job. Well, I didn't know that, but I said I had just because I assumed they would want that. And I hadn't. So like, you know, they're like, okay, you're just going to get to the airport, check in your bags. I had never even been to an airport. I was like, oh my gosh, like I have no idea what I'm doing. I just followed the guy in front of me who was in my class, copied everything he did, got on the plane. It was the worst flight you could ever have. I mean, that being my first flight, it was in the middle of a winter thunderstorm. Is it pre-9-11 or post-9-11? Pre. Okay. But just the worst, it was a 50 passenger jet. So, you know, the two and one, um, two seats, one seat, it's so small and- we were in the middle of like the a thunderstorm. Yeah, our plane was just this the whole time. And I was like, I just remember thinking like, oh my God, it sounds so, you know, uh, contradictive. And I was like, my dad's going to kill me if I like die at this job. Like he's going to be so pissed. <laughs> um, and I really did think we were going to die. I was like, yeah, this is what I get for trying something new. Um, and we landed and then literally five minutes later, like, okay, we have to get back on the plane. I'm like, oh, I literally thought about renting a car, quitting right then. And then I realized I wasn't even old enough to rent a car yet because I was like 22, 23. Yeah. And I was That'd like, be 25. Right? That's kind of hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> and then he said, oh, welcome to Philadelphia or wherever you're at. Mm-hmm. Have a, have a, thank you for flying. You know, like nothing ever happened. But it's like, that's mm-hmm. like every every mm-hmm. flight that I've ever been on, the story has been a tall tale, you know, very minor turbulence or whatever. But your mind just really messes with it because I'm, I'm mm-hmm. the same as you. I don't like Yeah, they, they, the, the, uh, the last time we flew, the pilot said that we could expect turbulence, and that never happened. Yeah. So you said yeah, at the I'm, time you had a fear of flying. Did you get over it? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, I love traveling, so I knew I was going to have to get over it because I refused so just, to give up that part. You still have the fear um, you just suck it up? Not really a fear anymore. I mean, so, like, actually the flight attendant training helped me okay. because I also know all the beeps now, you know, all the dings. I know what is like a captain's call. I know what an emergency is just by the ringing seat bell. Belt ding. Yeah. I know all of them. Yeah. So, you know, honestly, when it starts dinging, I'm like, 
Like I know certain numbers for certain wines and I'm like, uh, did they already do three or four of them? Cause I know which one's an emergency captain call, which means, Hey, something might be off, but we're not gonna freak people out yet. I listen for those, (laughs) but honestly, like turbulence is what I came, you know, to get better about is yeah, it's scary when you're in the air and you're, you know, bouncing up and down, but it's just airwaves. You know, I always try to think about it like if I'm out, I'm not freaked out when the boat's hitting waves, right? Because it's just the frequency of the water. Uh, nothing's wrong with the plane when it's turbulence. It's just, it's, we're riding airwaves, you know? So I tried to just look at it in a more logical way at this point. And honestly, I mean, if I'm going to get on the plane, like, why am I sitting there worrying? Everything's out of my hands at this point, you know? Like, I made the choice to get on the cracker box of a plane, and now I have to deal with my decision. (laughs) It's true. So have you been west of Colorado yet? Yeah. So I've actually been to every state except for like five. Um, And like actually spent time there every year for my birthday for the last few years. I made sure I went on like a 10 day to two week road trip or, Mm -hmm. you know, the places that were further I would fly to. I went to Alaska last year. That's been Um, my longest flight so far, which was like eight hours, I think. Yeah, I've been to Canada and I've been to Mexico. And so I haven't been over overseas yet, but honestly, that's probably on my list this year. I think I want to go to Iceland and I really like outdoorsy, you know, hiking, those kind of things. So I I do a lot of hiking. Destination. Yeah. Yesterday, Sunday was my 150th hike since I started tracking them in the middle of COVID, May, May 2020. Oh, that's Mm -hmm. cool. That he hikes 650-something like miles. Right? Um, usually about three times a week. Okay. I have I have once every Friday night. I have a hike with a, with a bunch of friends, and we you know six o'clock our time every Friday. We mm-hmm. you know I pick out a hike tomorrow. I got to pick a hike and send it to them. This is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also uh, get my my daughters, or I guess they're my grandson's dog. She, he's mm-hmm. my grandson, my two grandsons Great dog. <laughs> and, and I hike with him all the time. And, uh, yeah, I, I probably do two a week with him and one with my other friends. Wow. That's awesome. And, yeah. My, my three grown sons hike with me too on Friday nights. Mm-hmm. That's have very you, cool. Have you thought of any other vocations or any, have you tried any, you know, in addition to, to the flight attendant, uh, anything else? And writer. Yeah, I mean, I, so I've always actually always had a day job as well. So I was like the kind of person that works three jobs at once because I just wanted to make as much money as possible. So, um, my day job has always been either in sales or recruiting. So I'm still recruiting now. Um, you know, that, that's going to be my full time job eventually, you know, when I just give up bartending in general. And it's still, you know, people around people. My wife was a recruiter. Yeah. So I really like that too, you know, and everything's went remote with COVID and everything. So it's really nice to kind of have that space and then be away from the bar scene for a little bit. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've tried a lot of different jobs, uh, but recruiting has been the one that's been the most consistent. I've been like a recruiter for over five years now. So yeah. So one thing that I, when, when I was serving as a waiter, mm-hmm. I, I would have to ask them if they wanted soup or salad, mm-hmm. but I, I, I don't know what, if I'd say it fast sometimes or what, but I'd, I'd say super salad and they'd say, no, just a regular salad. Like I'm saying, you know, super salad, like it's going to fly through the air and, you know, arrest <laughs> criminals or something. <laughs> like Mike Gardner. Mike Gardner. Yeah. It's that same yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 Mike Gardner and my Gardner. 
Mm-hmm. I was like, who's Mike Gardner? Doesn't he write for Sports Illustrated or The Athletic? Yeah. <laughs> oh, nope. He's Gardner. No, he's, he's, yeah. <laughs> he's in my backyard right now with a yeah. weed whacker making noise. Actually, he's done, I think. Well, we can't, we don't, we didn't hear it. So, mm-hmm. um, I know, uh, I had a friend, I have a friend who was a it's server. thoroughly was dark like, now, so I think he's gone. Um, but, uh, but she kept trying to do other jobs so that she could get like better benefits and everything. But she just, that money every day, that's, it's, oh, yeah. it's like, she, it's kind of addictive. Well, that, yeah. And it's kind of an illusion as well, which is like, you're making amazing yeah. money, but you know, you're, you're taking home all your money. So you're not getting taxed properly. And at the end of the year, you, you have that bill to pay and it's not great. Um, but you know what I mean? And just the hours and you're sacrificing a lot of your health because you're, you're a vampire. I mean, you're working till three in the morning and then the only people that yeah. are up to hang out with are bartenders and you guys are drinking and partying and it's fun for a long time. But then you're like, okay, like I'm tired, you know, like I, I would love to be up when it's breakfast time for once in a while right. and not be hungover or just run in on two hours of sleep. And it definitely takes a toll on your body for sure. So I feel like it has its, I, I feel like it's a great younger job. And I say it's a good job if you move anywhere too, you know, like even right now, so I'm 35 now, but if I went to another place, I would still probably pick up a bartending job just to get to know the locals, the area, what, you know, meet people. It's a really good place to do that. Not people that I work with necessarily, but even people that come into the bar. So right. yeah. I've gotten all my day jobs by connections of people who have sat at the bar and talk to me. And they're like, oh, have you ever thought about being a loan officer? And I was like, no, but I will. <laughs> what does that entail? Yeah, I've gotten a lot of, most of my jobs mm-hmm. stemmed from bar encounters and moving yeah. to California did too. Some sort See? of social mm-hmm. engagement. So yeah. You probably missed that. I mean, you've been in it so long, you probably really miss that if mm-hmm. you didn't have that at this point. Yeah. I, I, I like the one thing he said in the book about, um, did you know that around 80% of servers go straight to the bar after a shift and give their money right back to their place of employment? Mm-hmm. But what we had, what well, we, we weren't allowed to drink at our place of employment typically. So we'd go to like the bar next door or across the street. And it, it seems like everybody, all the serving people would over tip every night, like, you know, way more than is necessary. And you'd be undercharged and all the same tip money seemed to go night to night for, you know, this big pool of money from one person to, to person to person. Yeah. And, you know, whoever has it when I guess rents do wins, I don't know what's going yeah. on. <laughs> that is exactly what happens. Yeah. It's like, we'll charge you like $4 for your four beers, but, right. you're gonna but, but we're going to tip you like it was 30 bucks. Yeah, exactly. And, and, then, and we're going to tip you, you know, 25%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. If only if you had charged me the real price, I could have paid a lot less. Right. With the normal tip. <laughs> with the normal you know, tip. Yeah. 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 That was a vicious, vicious cycle. Gosh, it really is. Like some of my, I've gotten out of the cycle of the going to the bars right after my shift and stuff, because, well, A, I get off when all the bars are closed, but also mm. now, you know, I've been there, done that kind of thing. And I do right. have my you, day you job. You know better. Still. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I do day. have to wake up for my day job. So, you know, even if I get off at three or four in the morning, I'm up at 8 a.m. to log into my next job. So you don't get a lot of sleep. And yeah, yeah it's That's an interesting lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, when I think about, uh, you know, our, our show, we, we dive into like the entertainment stuff. You know, we talk about movies and, 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 and um, 
music and stuff like that. So I was wondering, like, uh, have you ever seen Reservoir Dogs? Yeah, that's been a yeah. while, but... but what do you think of that opening scene with Mr. Pink? Played by Madonna the one? The tips? Yeah. It, it, oh, the, the tip one. Yeah. He's mad that he's Mr. Pink. He doesn't want them to tip. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, that's, I'm trying that's, to remember. Yeah, it's um, pretty infuriating. Yeah. I don't yeah. remember that part. It's, kind yeah, of it's, it's the very beginning of the movie. Steve Buscemi's tr- trying to talk everybody out of tipping altogether. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah he's got some kind of philosophical problem with yeah, it. Yeah, he's. <laughs> yeah. The gangsters are all sitting around at the uh, you know breakfast table, and you know the the chief guy, the big grumpy uh, you know gangster, probably from back in the fifties or whatever, gets up and says, "All right, everybody, throwing a buck for the waitress," you know. And everybody throws one in except Mr. Pink. And then he goes on a soapbox talking. Yeah, he's about, like, the tip's light. <laughs> I don't yeah. believe in tipping. But I don't believe in <laughs> Like, you didn't think, you know, that she deserved, you know, she didn't deserve, she didn't go above and beyond. It's a reward. And I don't think, you know, it's like. Yeah. But the more to the point, I'm just wondering, you know, what, what, uh, is there anything from movies or television that really Things kind never of. never turn out well for Steve Buscemi in those movies. But... <laughs> no, no. In fact, you know what? If anybody plays my favorite television character of all time in a remake, a modern day remake of the Andy Griffith show, Steve Buscemi as Don, you know, is uh, Barney Fife. <laughs> Barney Fife? Oh, yeah. He'd <laughs> yeah. be a good Barney Fife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm wondering if there's any... way before her age bracket, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Although, yeah, North you Carolina. Can't... Okay. You know. Have you seen Andy True, Griffith? True. It's in North Carolina. May- Mayberry was in North Carolina. Carolina. Right. Yeah. What is it? Andy Griffith. It's a really old TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the Lucy. black and white show. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah, I've been to Mayberry. There you go. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's hey. a cultural icon that that I think that supersedes. Next you time know, you go, age. send us a postcard. Okay, yeah. I will. Yeah. yeah, my dad. He used to watch that show on repeat. So every time we would come in the house, my dad was watching it. So it was kind of. Like, I remember. Yeah, Phil would remember this. Yeah. I would whistle it. I would whistle it in the locker room before gym class, and this right. one guy wanted to kick my ass. <laughs> that song's so addicting. Yeah. yeah, Opie, if you don't quit that, I'm going to kick your ass. He started calling yeah. me Opie. <laughs> Ed something. His kid's name was Ed something. I can't remember his last Ed name. Ed Perry, yeah. Yeah, he'd get angry. But but I'm just wondering if there's anything too. in movies or television that kind of uh, epitomizes what is like to be uh a, you know a, a serv- server in the service industry oh and, uh, yeah waiting was the perfect you know yeah. the movie waiting y'all have seen it right i'm uh Eric- i haven't oh my gosh yeah. so ryan you want to share a birthday yeah. oh it's a ryan ryan reynolds movie ryan, ryan reynolds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it is you have to watch it because literally yeah. it's my book in a movie form almost on a male's perspective office it- space too Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I love Office Space. That is one of my favorites. Especially if you worked at Fridays. I mean, right? Well, yeah, yeah the flare. Like my favorite part is because we did have to wear flare as well. Yeah. Um, and yeah. she was like, "I'm wearing my flare." He's like, "But you're only wearing the minimum requirement of right. flare. Don't you want to have more flare?" She's like, "I mean, this is fine." Yeah. And he was, you know what I mean? I was just like, "Oh my yeah. god!" Like that's all Fridays cared about was like. Make your when shirt I, more flary. Like when I first moved to California, my girlfriend at the time worked at Fridays. She'd worked at Fridays in Cincinnati and transferred to one in LA, which mm-hmm. I guess it's kind of easier to do there than a lot of chains, or it was in the nineties. 
Oh yeah, Fridays you could transfer anywhere. Like one time I was transferred to Hawaii just to say I went to Hawaii. And, and you can do it just like for short term too, like mm-hmm. for a couple of weeks. Like, oh, I'm going to be here for a month. Uh, you know, I'll pick up two yeah. weeks of work and. Well, there's yeah. a, that's a little known fact. That's a side benefit of of, of working of in the service industry. Yeah. 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 But yeah, there's a lot like of guest of a, of a corporation. Spots. Yeah. How well, there's also like you random work? guest bartending spots. So mm-hmm. like my friend, he actually went to Israel. And did a guest bartending spot and you can book them all over the world. And basically they just think it's really cool that if you're from another country, you know, you're there. Like, even if you don't understand the language, they have someone, the regular bartenders working with you. And then there's also a, like a translator bartender. Hopefully one of them can translate it to English for you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he said like, the thing was, is he really wanted to be immersed in like the Israel culture and uh you were like, no, we need you to be super American. Like huh. you're here as an American bartender. This is how we're advertising you. We want you to be like stereotypical America. And he's like, like should course. I wear like a flag I mean, shirt? What, yeah, what, what does that mean? <laughs> he he wears wear, red and white wear like an American flag shirt or something. Maybe mm-hmm. have a mullet. I don't know what they thought. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's like, what is your interpretation of super American? Right. And what yeah. year was it? <laughs> um, he went, I believe he went like probably eight years ago. Yeah, that was a different world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's pretty tatted up. Um, you know, so he, he said he did look different than most of the people there, but uh, he said it was a really cool experience. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Well. Yeah, my um, only other note was that the side work scam guy was an evil genius. A hundred percent. That guy's in jail right now for sure. I don't know he, if that's true, but I feel he like might, he might be dead. Somebody <laughs> might have killed him. Mm, he might be dead for other reasons as well. <laughs> yeah, he might right. be dead for other reasons. As well. Yeah. Well, wow. As we're winding down, I want to. Uh, I, I mm-hmm. think. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you're working on another book that chronicles. You know. Yeah, more of, of your bar, experience, with, you know, yeah. as, a, as a bartender. Yeah, yeah, because like, this kind of ended when I started my bartending, and now I've been bartending for like 13 years, uh, doing like high volume bartending. So definitely a lot different stories from behind the bar. So I definitely want to put those in my next book. Yeah, yeah, you're there a lot later than the waitresses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you're getting people a lot more drunk than getting the waitresses. A lot more drunk people <laughs> at 2 a.m. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. My mom. Uh, <laughs> When she was a bartender, um, that's actually how she met my father because she, this was back in like, I don't know, I was born in 66. She met him in like maybe 65, um, late 65. And what she would do is she would drive everybody home at the end of her shift that was still in the bar because she didn't want them driving drunk. Did she have a school bus? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. It was a small town, New Richmond, Ohio. So, you know, mm. not very, uh, not very big. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah. People there at the bar be... to fit in her car. So. Yeah. Mm. Well, she, I think she, oh, she had a station wagon at that time. Right. Yeah. Because when she met my dad, she had one of those big old woody station wagons with like three, three rows. Oh, and, that, that's um, what, uh, uh, yeah. Rachel, that's her ideal car right there. That's mm-hmm. Station wagons are the best. We got rid of ours a few years ago. We had it. <laughs> yeah. My mom, uh, my dad at the time, he had a roommate and they didn't do their own laundry. They would just buy new clothes. So, um, 
what happened was my mom decided to do their laundry and it took two full loads of that station wagon going back and forth to the laundromat to get all of their clothes clean. Yeesh. How many people? Two. Two people filled how many Mm -hmm. station wagons of clothes? Two single men in their late 20s, early. My dad was 30 when I was born. So he would have been like maybe 29 when she met him. I don't know if not counting the rest of my family. I don't know if I have enough clothes to fill a station wagon. Exactly. No, they just kept buying new clothes. (laughs) They wouldn't wash them. Like like the child's book, The Man Who Never Washed His Dishes. I get Yeah. Author of Just the Tip. (laughs) Uh (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I'm going Um, to defer to Lisa for her for my end of customary question. Ah, Yeah, I'm going to see how she's going to work it in here. Uh-oh. Okay. Um, the, the Weird Al reference. In Weird Al. Well, that's just a, a reference we make to Weird Al because um, AI like share his birthday and Philip has splurged on VIP tickets for the concert when he comes to Ohio. So oh, we're going to go see Weird Al. I share his birthday, Ryan Reynolds, Dwight Yoakam, Ang Lee, and Johnny Carson. Not a bad crew. That's a good uh, but, yeah. but the question I usually ask at the end of every podcast is, is there anything that we didn't ask you that you thought we should have or something that you would like people to ask you that they usually don't? Hmm. Let me think. Mm-hmm. Like related to my book or in general? <laughs> yeah, well, it's... Okay. Is there anything? I, well, general, if nothing jumps out at you, like, talking, oh, they didn't ask you Trying to this, advertise yes. your book. Even though yeah, our no, um, no, I mean you, but yeah, yeah, no, you. I mean, you guys pretty much nailed it. You know yeah. how I started writing. Um, what the book is about is you know the service industry. So mm-hmm. no, I think that's good. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I would just want people to know, I guess, uh, that even if you weren't in the service industry, it's a super relatable book because, as you guys said yourself, yeah. uh, you could be super diners, and then you might yeah. want to know what your waitress is also thinking on the other side of the table. So mm-hmm. I felt like it was a book that anybody could connect with because we've all we all either go out to eat or we bartend or serve them. So yeah, yeah. So I think it's fun for everybody to check out and kind of see what your waitress might be thinking. <laughs> yeah, it was really funny. Yeah, yeah I remembered funny. another yeah. question. Oh. But- too late. Yeah. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Game over. It's, it's done. No. Um. So I was wondering. Um. So if I if I was to go out and spend you know twenty dollars on a meal or whatever, you know you you probably you get a five dollar tip or what you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we never. What kind of tip do you get when I buy a ten dollar book from Amazon? How much of that goes into Tanya's? Oh, good question. Um. So it's done by percentages. Honestly, I kind of forgot the percentage. I get like my, uh, you know, my royalty payments. They're two months behind. So mm-hmm. you got to really keep track of it, you know, if you want to so know, but it's, it, but I get, I get most is it more of than, it. is it more than you'd have gotten from, uh, from my 20, from my $5 tip at a meal or is it? Yeah, it is. Well, okay. Good. Mm-hmm. Good. good. Yeah. They're pretty yeah, good about you buy that. them from Amazon. So yeah, I know. was thinking, oh no, she's only going to get a buck of this, but I'm glad. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, it happened to be more. Um, ebook, uh, Kindle version is always more because obviously they don't have to print it. But what one. Amazon does is they print on demand for you. So they do right. take a little bit more for your paperback or your hardcover. So yeah. well, we either do ebook or crazy that they just manufacture a, b- a single book. <laughs> it's so crazy. I know. I was like, thank God, though, because I don't yeah. want to be responsible for this. They call that lean manufacturing. The yeah. Toyota. Just, just in time publishing. 
Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so as we go out, do you have any social media, websites, anything you want to uh, promote? Make people or any nonprofit or charity yeah. stuff that you want to promote. Yeah, I mean, always donate to all charities. I'm totally about that. Um, I honestly like for my birthday, I rather donate to something instead of get presents. I hate getting presents, but I love giving presents. So it's such a weird dynamic I have gone yeah. on. No, I'm um, saying. Yeah, like I'll give you the I best present, but you give me something, I'm like, because I wanted yeah. Christmas to last longer, that kind of thing. Because once you get the yeah, gift, exactly. So, real quick story, because you said that I used to, and I still kind of do. As a kid, I would take, you know, your mom hands you your Christmas present, so she's handing like me and my brothers each a present, open it, share the camera, you know, the video camera that Dad used to have, like the thing. Um, and I would always hide mine behind the chair. And they would always like, my brothers be running around like, and they'd be done in five seconds. Well, once Christmas was done, then I started opening my presents by myself. But my parents started catching on as I got older and they're like, Tanya, Uh open them now. And I was like, no, I want Christmas to last as long as possible. I'm going to take my time with it. Yeah. Take it to the very Uh end. (laughs) So Tanya Fritch, T-O-N-Y-A-F-R-I-T-C-H. And it's available on Amazon, just the tip. Mm-hmm. The ins and outs of the industry. Yeah. And then he, he I said from memory, have... he hopes it's right. <laughs> yep. That's right. And then tanyafritch.com. You can get my book there and kind of see some other projects I'm starting. Excellent. And then my Instagram, which I'm, I'm on Instagram the most, and it's just my personal Instagram. So it's tanya.fritch at tanya.fritch. So. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, All thanks, right. Tanya. Good yeah. Night. Thanks for having me, guys. Work yep. the wait. And we really appreciate it. Thanks for it. joining Here's, us. And we'll yeah, talk thanks for having time. me. Yep. Go take care of whatever's in the oven. Yeah. <laughs> My yeah. probably horrible tasting chicken, but we'll see. Hey, thank <laughs> you. Good night. Thanks, Tanya. Hey, thanks, guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bye. Mm-hmm. Bye. We have social. Twitter. Yeah, uh-huh, pod. Instagram. Yeah, uh-huh, pod. Facebook. Yeah, uh-huh, pod. Website. www.yeah-uh-huh.com. So let us know. Hit us back. Have a great week.